St. John Damascene, the great promoter and defender of images and iconography in the church, speaking of this feast, says that today the holy and animated Virgin Mary, the ark he calls her actually, the holy and animated ark is brought into the living presence of God. And in speaking of this, he also reminds us that um, Our Lady, uh, her connection with the Ark of the Old Testament. We heard in the first reading from the um, book of Revelation that God's heaven was opened. These were the words we heard. God's temple in heaven was opened and the Ark of his covenant could be seen in the temple. And then hidden within our gospel was the ark as well. Although the word was not mentioned, Luke is drawing a very clear connection. In the words that he uses, he talks about how Mary remained with Elizabeth about three months before returning home. And he talks about her going up into the hill country of Judea. These are the lang- this is the language that is used in the Old Testament for when David goes up into the hill country to retrieve the ark. And the ark had remained for three months with someone there before it was brought. But here, in this case, Mary is the living ark, the animated ark, who bears within her the living son of God, the eternal word. Now, if you've ever prayed the litany of Loretto or the litany of Our Lady, you may remember having used these lines to refer to Our Lady. Spiritual vessel, vessel of honor, singular vessel of devotion, house of gold, and ark of the covenant. Today we celebrate the feast of this great ark being brought into the temple of God. So great is this feast that it replaces the Sunday, um, the Sunday cycle. In other words, we, we don't celebrate a Sunday in ordinary time, but because it falls on the 15th, and this happens to be a Sunday this year, it replaces it. And in fact, it has readings not only for today, but for the vigil. So last night we had readings that dealt with similar topics, but were different. And in the psalm that we heard last night, we heard this phrase. Lord, go up to the place of your rest, you and the ark of your holiness. Now in the Old Testament, the ark, the covenant of God, was made out of what was believed to be incorruptible wood. This acacia wood was covered with gold and it was placed in the temple of God. So this Psalm 132 that we heard last night was speaking about God going up to that place to rest there amongst his people at the ark. But we know that the Psalms speak about Christ too. They point to Christ and they have a Christological significance. So when we say this psalm in context of today's feast. Lord, go up to the place of your rest. In other words, go back to the place where you were with the Father, your ascension. You and the ark, your mother of your holiness. The church presents us with that in mind. And it is with this in mind that Mary um, is the most perfect receptacle of God that we can continue our conversation about the Eucharist. Because it is Mary who is the model of the church and the model of the individual disciple and believer 
the one who receives communion. So even though we're not, we didn't hear the readings from John's gospel, we'll go back to those next week. And next week will be our our last uh, dealing with this topic of devotion, reverence, and how we treat the Holy Eucharist. But today we can we can meditate on the Eucharist in connection with Our Lady. To help place this back in in context, um, when we come to the Mass, we come to Calvary. Padre Pio would tell one of his um, spiritual children when they asked, um, you know, how should we attend Mass? He would say, as Our Lady, as St. John, and the pious women did on Calvary, loving him and showing him pity. Now, not only do we come to Calvary, that's the primary mystery we're at, but also we receive the risen Lord. The whole mysteries of Christ's life are here, the Annunciation. In fact, the saints would tell us that wherever Jesus is, Mary is also present there. So mystically and spiritually, at each and every Mass, Our Lady is present with us. It's as though she's standing next to the tabernacle and next to the altar, praying for us, interceding for us, giving Christ to the world again. Again, uh, from the saints, the great teacher of St. Thomas Aquinas, Albert the Great, would say this. He was exhorting himself, but he uses this to exhort us too. He says, My soul, if you wish to experience intimacy with Mary, let yourself be carried by her between her arms and nourished with her blood. He's talking about this in connection with the Eucharist because when we come to communion, it is the body and blood of Christ that we receive, the body and blood, the very body and blood that was given to him by Our Lady. And so Mary, as it were, hands over to us her very heart, her very flesh, her very being. Many saints and theologians say that Jesus instituted the Eucharist above all for Mary, and then through Mary for all of us. Even after his ascension, he desired to remain with her. And so he gives this gift. And St. Peter Julian Emmerd would say that the Blessed Virgin lived a life in and by the Blessed Sacrament. And so he called her Our Lady of the Blessed Sacrament. Closer to our own time, John Paul II reflected in his great encyclical called Ecclesia de Eucharistia, the church from or born out of the Eucharist. He said, what must Mary have felt as she heard from the mouth of Peter, John, and James, and the other apostles, the words spoken at the Last Supper? This is my body, which is given for you the body given up for us and made present under sacramental signs was the same body which she had conceived in her womb. And so for Mary, each and every communion was like another annunciation. She received into her soul and body the very word she had nourished, nurtured, and held within her for nine months. We must imagine the great devotion that was there in the Blessed Virgin. And to understand this, let's look at the pictures or the images of Our Lady at the Annunciation. Often she's shown with her arms crossed over her breast. She's kneeling, 
The angel is often bowed towards her as she bows towards the angel, showing this mutual reverence or deference. There's often a beam of light that goes and touches the face or the person of Our Lady. Sometimes the spirit is in those rays, denoted by a dove. Because how did Mary receive? She didn't take, but she received the gift of the word who became incarnate in her womb. Mary is in a posture of reception. She is humbled. She is often, as I said, shown kneeling, receiving the Lord. Now, I wish to, as I have in the past weeks, make this a little bit more concrete. Quick review. We've talked about how there needs to be a spiritual interior disposition, a proper one, in order to receive communion. We've talked about some of the externals that can help us to show that devotion and enter into Mass more reverently and thereby receive more fruitfully what is here. We talked in particular last week about the need to adore the Lord before we received him. I gave a couple of different ways. In fact, I mentioned how the church tells us that we need to adore. So when we come up to communion, we can genuflect. We can bow from the waist. Uh, not just a head bow, but from the waist. And most appropriately, we can receive the Lord on our knees in the posture and disposition of humility that Our Lady would have had. Uh, today, though, I wish to add another element to that. And that is how we receive Holy Communion. Remember that when we receive communion, this is a moment in which we ought to show the greatest humility, the greatest reverence, the greatest childlikeness and trust in the Lord, that attitude of reception. And so uh, to understand this, if we look at the Eastern Church, the Eastern Catholics, they have for millennia received the Lord in the mouth, often by spoon. So often the host is It's not a round wafer, but usually a square cube turned now into the body of Christ. It is dipped into the precious blood, and that spoon is spooned into the mouth of the recipient because of this idea that we receive and we do not take the Lord. In the Western church, in the Roman church, the church of Milan, St. Ambrose, and others, the reception of the Lord, again, for over a millennia, was always on the tongue and kneeling because this is the the attitude of a child, an infant receiving from the Lord and from our Heavenly Father the bread of life to strengthen us and help us grow strong. Now, many uh, liturgists after the Second Vatican Council, by the way, this was not the Second Vatican Council, nor was it Paul VI. In fact, we'll get to that in a moment, but many liturgists said, oh, well, the ancient church received Um, on the hands. It is true at certain points there was reception on the hand, but it was not in the way that we do it now. And I'll get to that in a moment. After the council, remember, again, second half of the 20th century, there's a lot of cultural revolution going on, not only in this country, but in Europe. Uh, There were places that where experiments were going on with the liturgy as well. And in some countries in mainland Europe, um, communion was started to be given by, uh, in the hand. This was not by um, a dispensation or this was not uh, something that had been requested, but it was an experimentation that was going on. When the Holy See um, surveyed the bishops throughout the world to see whether this would be an, a good practice or something to allow, 
the overwhelming majority of them said, no, this would not be a good thing to do. And Paul VI himself had a great reluctance and a fear that this would lead to a lessening of reverence for the Holy Eucharist. But because there were countries that were, and dioceses and places that were already doing this, a system was set up where they had to request and then be given permission by the Holy See. So it wasn't a right, it was an indult or a concession that was given because this was an abuse that was already taking place. Now, um, somebody might say, well, Father, doesn't it really matter the intention in the heart? Because after all, you're the creme de la creme. You're the people who really are true believers here. So I'm not calling into question anyone's belief here, nor their personal holiness, nor their desire to show reverence for the Lord. So Father, doesn't it not really matter? I mean, if I receive on my hands, but I believe that it's the Lord of life, the Lord of all the universe, isn't that enough? Well, it's not simply uh, what we believe interiorly, but what matters most is not only our personal belief, but how we as a worshiping community show that to the rest of the world. You may be aware, there have been various studies that have come out, that there has been, in the last decades, a great diminution in the belief in the true presence. Most of these folks are Catholics who are not coming to church on a regular basis or coming anymore. But I can't help but wonder if maybe for the majority of them, it was partly connected to the fact that at Holy Communion and in church, they received the bread of life as one might receive a wafer or a chip or some other food, rather than in a unique and utterly different way. To help illustrate this more, we can look to the reformers in the 15th, uh, 16th century. Uh, Calvin, who was in mainland Europe, uh, did not believe in the true presence of Christ and did, wished to destroy that amongst those new converts that had fallen away from Catholicism. And in fact, he was influential not only in mainland Europe, but in England. The problem was that many of the people still believed in the real presence of the Lord. And so what he would tell his followers, particularly in England, is that until you get them to stop kneeling and stop receiving the Eucharist or the bread in their mouth, you will not be able to destroy the idea of the true presence. Interesting. Perhaps he saw more clearly what many have failed to see. In our own country, I believe it wasn't until the 70s, until the practice of uh, communion on the hand was formally allowed. There may have been places where it was um, being, taking place, but Archbishop Fulton Sheen, whose cause is up for canonization, who was a great televangelist and um, also great radio evangelist, um, he told a priest of our own diocese, who's now retired, that each year when this issue would come up at the bishop's conference, he would pray and fast that it would not change. Uh, I think the fruits and how things have played out show us that this has not been a fruitful thing. Now, with this said, um, there's no judgment, as I said, of, of somebody's personal holiness. Somebody who receives on the hand may be holier than anyone else here. One of the most holy women that I knew growing, growing up, she was like a grandma to me and my, my siblings. In fact, 
very possibly a saint. Um, she received on the hand. But if she knew what I'm sharing with you today, I think she would have had a second look and she would have considered this again. Because again, it's not about holiness. It's not about personal preference. But how do we in our worship give the Lord the best? How do we show what we truly profess with our lips and in our hearts? I simply wish to return to Our Lady and then end with a prayer. Our Lady, um, so how would have she received communion? We know that St. John was the priest who assisted her for so many, many years. There's the traditional home of Our Lady in Ephesus where John would have lived with her for some time. I think she would have received on her knees just as at the Annunciation she received the Lord. She would have received in her mouth she would not have dared to reach out and take the very body of the one who had come to her. And yet she would have had the most right of anyone else to do that. Uh, I ask you to simply pray about and consider in a prayerful way uh, what I am talking about. And here is a prayer that we can all pray uh, before we receive communion, regardless of how we do, one that will help us to receive more fruitfully. I wish my Lord to receive you with the purity, humility, and devotion with which your most holy mother received you, with the spirit and the fervor of the saints. Amen. Amen.